Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. A show about food, drink, and entertainment. With a tight focus on the good life. And all things delicious, luxurious, and fun. I'm Jonathan Pogash, bartender, author, and the host of Cocktails the Grand Tour. And I'm Jeffrey Pogash, wine and spirits professional, author, insatiable collector of culinary ephemera, and so people tell me, an engaging raconteur. And my dad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Mia Mastroianni is here. We've got espresso martinis. We do yes. indeed. Dad, how's it here going? Here we go. I'm drinking oh with you, of course. Look at you. You've got your Mozart, your Mozart chocolate liqueur. Yes, chocolate I do. Coffee yeah, liqueur. It, what, chocolate coffee. Espresso mocha martinis. Espresso mocha martinis. Cheers to you, mm. friend. I can't believe it. Yeah, guys, hold on. Let me take a sip. One second. Mmm. Oh, that is a triumph. Oh, it is so I, good. A triumph. It's a triumph. I love it. Um, and you know, so where, where I am, it's a little chilly. So this is warming me up. It's actually nice. also chilly here, but we need to let people know where Mia and I are. So first of all, we were supposed to record this about a month ago, Mia and Dad. Uh, and we had technical difficulties. I had technical difficulties. Mia had technical difficulties. <laughs> and so what do we do at the Cocktail Guru podcast when our guests have technical difficulties? You fly across the country to accommodate your guest. That's exactly what we do. We aim to please. We aim to please. And so that's, and so I'm in LA uh, and we are live recording this from LA and dad is in um, New Jersey, obviously. And we're ready to go. We're, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk with uh, yeah. Mia. How about that? We're going to call it Mozart chocolate coffee talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm here for all of this. Mia's here for all of this. She loves it. She did ask if you are a pro at uh, dad, dad jokes, jokes. Mm. earlier. And I have been told on more than one occasion that perhaps I have the sense of humor of, of dad of a dad? So I really have a deep appreciation for, for dad humor. So pepper it in. Well, as let, as her rip. let her rip. I, I love my dad's jokes too. He had great okay. jokes. So here's the deal. We always ask our guests before we really get into the meat and potatoes of it. Um, what is your desert Island cocktail? Like stranded on a desert Island Drink. Mother mm. of pearl, that is a difficult one because um, it's going to rule out all the winter cocktails because if I'm on a desert island, temperature definitely plays a factor. So then I'm thinking, do I want to go frozen? Do I want to go crushed or cursed ice? Um, you know, I'm like... Already I, this is the longest response I, I, I apologize uh, from, from any okay, guest, so but I love I, it. It's, it's going to be one of, one of three things. It's either going to be a frozen margarita. It's going mm. to be an Aperol spritz or mm. it's going to be a mojito. Okay. Only Mia would create a menu <laughs> for her desert totally, island drink. I totally would. I mean, I can't believe this. Sorry, I think I'm that's sorry. fantastic. And and I would agree with you about the frozen margarita. Absolutely. Thank you. I so, absolutely love it. And let's we'll please get that. into the, let's please get into the meat and potatoes here. So um, we all know, everyone knows Mia in our industry, along with, get this, millions of viewers. Stop. <laughs> um, she's a regular on the popular TV show Bar Rescue, where she's John Taffer's go-to mixologist whenever there are problems in a bar, um, which there are all, always problems in bars. Frequently. Isn't all that right? Um, Dad, you did, you did quite a bit of research on Mia um, beforehand. We're gonna go. We're gonna go way back, though, and I'd like to, um, you know, just kind of start with your childhood, Mia. Oh, no, Mia. <laughs> no, you, um, you grew up in in Massachusetts. Right? I did. I grew up in Milford, Massachusetts, nice. the booming metropolis. 
Mm. Of, of Milford, Massachusetts. Uh, little known, but um, so, so it keeps a warm spot in my heart. Going back for the holidays, as I always do. Yes. Yes, I oh think you're goodness. known. At, you're known as the maiden of Milford, from what I am. I. <laughs> yes. I don't, I I've not heard that oh one God. before, but I, I'll take it. <laughs> that's really funny. Is that that's supposed to be a dad joke? Mm. Wah wah. Yeah. Um, but you just um, hold on. You just got back from. I did. Where this, were you? This is not a spray tan. I did just get back from. Um, I was working for a week in Saint Martin on the French side of the island. Saint Martin. Yes, and um, they just held their very first food festival, and it was beyond. I mean, when I say it's beyond, beyond. They brought in Michelin star chefs and brought in well-known mm. chefs, mm. and it was a two-week-long event. Um, 80 island restaurants participated, were wow. judged by industry, uh, you know. Big wigs. Big wigs, uh, myself included, where you would go to a, a, a restaurant and they would have a signature dish or, yeah. or something. And they had to incorporate tamarind as. Oh, the secret. The secret. The was secret, that secret ingredient? Secret ingredient. I, I like tamarind. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that we got it in uh, sauces and gels and cocktails mm. and everything. Mm. Um, and they incorporated the local high school. Um, the vocational school has a culinary department and all six finalists were young females, which was, I mean, the room went nuts. That, <laughs> that's amazing. That sounds really but, great. Uh, uh, the, the island was devastated by the hurricane in right. 2017. Right. And honestly, the spirit of that island, the hospitality, the people, the culture, the music, the food, uh. the cocktails, it was a life-changing experience, and they are rebuilding. They're at about ninety percent now, but okay. it's you're you're still seeing the devastation, and yeah. it's it's heartbreaking. But there's so much spirit behind that island, and um, I'm going back. Can I go back? Can I go back to? <laughs> I'm inviting everyone. Everyone, do you hear that? Everyone out there? Every, in- no, seriously, literally. I, well, all going. Literally, we will join you gladly. Please do so. I've been Dad, to Saint Martin. I've yes, been there, and it's beautiful, it. and I can't Where wait to go. You? When, when did sorry. you go? I went about, must have been six or seven years ago. Pre-hurricane? Uh, but yes, it was pre, uh, oh, definitely pre-hurricane. Was it, yeah. did you visit um, Rum Agricole Distilleries? No, we didn't, unfortunately didn't have the time to do that. But mm. I drank a lot of Rum Agricole along the way. <laughs> yes. Made cocktails. I, I, was there, I was there a few years ago with Ben Jones. Oh. Um, we all know Ben Jones. We all know and love good good guy um and it was it was so much fun and i want i kind of want to open a bar out there did you I, think about that while I you were did. there so it was yeah. really really fun every single day we would have like a beautifully curated uh excursion we would do multiple restaurants in a day and all of a sudden the, the lovely people of these restaurants that we would go to the the tourism group that I was traveling with, they're like, well, wouldn't it be fun if we just threw Mia behind a bar and see what she does? So oh, then it became a thing. Everywhere we went, I did bar invasions. Throw and then Mia it behind was the bar. so much fun. Um, I got to like, and it's always weird. You never know what products you're going to encounter. And right. I got to see really cool stuff and how they do things differently and what products they use. And it was just the best time. Oh, and that leads me to another very important point, Mia that you don't just play a bartender on television. Oh, no, I am you are a, a bartender. bartender. I'm not, 
I'm not just a, a doctor. I play one. Yes, on but TV. that that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> that's obvious when we watch Bar Rescue because you are so good. No, I, so but, that's just part of my job. The the ninety yes. percent of my job is the bar industry. Is the bar life is educationally based is traveling, learning, doing yeah. hospitality, um, working with brands. And I'm just known for the television aspect, but my heart, soul, and passion lies within the hospitality and the beverage well, industry. Of course, so you are so a, take a bar back. consultant. I am indeed. Let's take it back yes. to figure out, like, how did Mia get to this point? So I think you grew I know. Up in, did you oh, say you think oh, you know? Oh, please, please. Yes. Okay, because hold on I a second. Know, I know that Mia went to the University of Miami. Go Canes! One, one of my favorite places because I'm, and I'm very jealous because I wanted to go to the University of Miami. And Did I you? applied there and I was accepted there. I remember this but, growing up, Dad. You said you wanted yes. to go to a party school. Yes, I was ah. in a small college in Wisconsin, the same That's college that Harrison place. Ford attended, as a matter of fact. But it was too small. How many small times can Dad me. mention that Harrison Ford attended his alma mater in our podcast? No, I've know, never mentioned it. I think it's I've fun. never mentioned it. Oh, this is a first. It's, it's a because first? we have a television star with us. That's why I'm mentioning it. <laughs> and um, and I what think did you study that. It? What did you study at the university? I was a theater major. Oh, oh. my goodness! So um, as was I in college. Oh my stars! Yes. I was a theater major, um, and were you in any like fun productions? Were you in, were you like leads? Oh, you yeah, were the lead, of course. I, I You're in, Mia. In You're some, I okay. mean, in in some. Yeah, yes. I was never the lead. And, and I assume that your experiences at the University of Miami eventually led you into bartending. I I got into bartending post college. It was post college. Post college. Um, during college, I I had an um work study. I worked in the costume department of the theater oh. department. Wardrobe? Is that Wardrobe. What they, is that what they call costume it? Costume lab. Um, that was a great experience, but I didn't get into bartending until after college. Uh, I moved to, uh, upon graduation, I moved to South Beach. Oh, um, wonderful. You know, that's, that's, great love spot. it there. What did, um, and what were you doing in South Beach? Living. Uh, okay. And I was like, I'm going to get a waitressing job, whatever, just figure it out. Um, and I, I was hired in an Outback Steakhouse. Outback, Dad, Outback is, I think, one wow. of your favorite places. Is that uh -huh. correct? And long story short, I was a terrible waitress. <laughs> that was in the time where uh, they were really trying to encourage that thing where you, you sit down with your table and take their order and you become like family to oh make my... everyone feel comfortable. Like you I go would... down on one knee. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, scooch over. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. And I, I'd sit I there and I'd it. take their order. And I I, my section would always be full because people would come back, but I never ran food. I would put in the orders and come back and sit with my tables. And they're like, Mia, you're terrible. You don't do anything. And I was like, yes, but my, I bring all these people back. That's awesome. These yes. These people come. That's hospitality. It is. You, and they you, said, here's the thing. You don't, you're, you're a terrible waitress, but we, we think that if we can keep you in a cage, they, they really like their bar was a U-shaped bar with a thing that you could not get out of. They said, we think that if we can train you as a bartender and, and keep your personality confined and you can multitask and, and learn how to make drinks and serve at the yeah. bar, we would still love to have you on staff, but we cannot continue to pay you to just sit there and talk to people. <laughs> sit next to them. So they provided a private. gilded cage for you. Oh, and made you a bartender. 
They did. They did. You know, it it reminds me of the days when I was head server at Johnny Rockets. Oh, oh, you did the choreography. We did the choreography. Oh, there's the bar, the bar top story. There is a bar top story. But listen, it was the same deal. It was that same. It was like that super casual. I would sit down next to people and write down their order. I'd like lean over. You know, and I would like flip the ketchup bottles. It was like, oh, flare. And then like putting the, I, I'm mimicking flipping flare. a, a I, flare I knew of a ketchup doing. bottle. But yes, we had choreographed dances. To, I, I recalled Johnny Rock. Um, Love Shack was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Respect. Yeah. yeah. Um, that Elton John. Uh, Rocket Man. Rock. No. no. <laughs> Another Elton John song. And then it was. Tiny Dancer. No. <laughs> Philadelphia Freedom. No. Um, let's keep going. Um, but in any case, yes, I would. I was like super, and I was super into it. Um, Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> Thank you. We're still, we're still going. Um, I was super into it, and I, yeah, there were a couple of times when I jumped up on top of the uh, the bar top, and I hurt myself. What happened? I you remember that, Dad? Right? I do. I do. Yeah. No, it was like these. Each, the bar stools were these swivel stools. Oh, remember those? Mm-hmm. So I went on top of the bar, danced, then went one leg on each swivel stool. No, yeah, it was fine. That was fine. But I was, it was like it was respect. So we had this like choreograph. So I was one one leg on each swivel stool, facing away from everybody. And my big thing was I would jump and flip around. Mm. So I That's- jumped. Yeah, I jumped and I flipped around and I landed wrong and I busted my knee. Yeah. So it was kind of embarrassing. They had to help me, <laughs> had to help oh, me off and bring me to the back and ice, ice it down, and and it was a, it was a thing. So yeah, that's my Johnny Rock. And, and he's never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> it has affected my entire life. Your, your entire life career path. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, so, he did survive, and I he's survived. in he's in rare form. Thanks, Dad. Uh, so after, so you moved on, did you, did you move to LA at some point to act? So the, the, well, or... it was a strange trajectory. I was in Miami for a while. I eventually yeah. left Outback and did like the nightclub thing, you know, high volume. What does that mean? That just means vodka sodas, uh, Red Bulls. Uh, Red in Bulls. Miami? Oh yeah. Like bottle service? It, it, yeah. That kind of stuff. Like the nightclub stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. And then I moved to Los Angeles and, uh, I was a nanny. When oh. I first moved out here, okay, um, an au, au pair or an, is no, there a, I mean, I would, is there I a mean, difference? Well, the au pairs are French. <laughs> <laughs> Every single au pair is French. Sure. No, I I was not technically an au pair. I was a nanny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was such fun. Uh, but then I was realized I needed to you know do something in my I had that skill set from thank you outback. Um, so what, taking I, care of kids. Yeah. I was from in, Outback? Oh, no, because, no. Oh, from, oh. When I moved to Los Angeles, yes, I, I, I worked with a family and I was in charge of two young girls. They were nine and 11 yeah. and five days a week, I would pick them up after school and they were mine through dinner and bedtime. Wow. I mean, I loved the family. Yeah, the, of you know, course. The, you know, and then you, and then you went, but then I restaurant. decided I needed something, you know, more, more stable. And I, I started working, um, at a bar on weekends and okay. I was their weekend warrior. I worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, which was great. Oh yeah. That's, you good know, money. The shifts you want. And they that's just really good gave money. them to me. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's when they needed somebody. They had just lost somebody. So I trained and then I have some, some British friends and one of them was out here and we were, 
out together one night and they said, you know what? If you're going to be bartending, they're going to be opening a Soho house here in West Hollywood. And they said, uh, if you can get in there, that is where you want to be. And I had never heard of it. That's said, Now, Soho House is like a private. It is a private members only club that originated in the UK. And they have many houses over there, um, yeah. but you do have to apply for membership and be accepted to get in. But it, it's all 100% hospitality driven. The word no is not in their vocabulary. And the service is impeccable. The food, the quality, the attention to detail and ingredients, um, the guest experience, yeah. that is all in the forefront. And and it really is a, a wonderful community um, that I was so, so blessed to be a part of. So yeah, I... I that when they opened West Hollywood, I think it was 2,100 people applied for a staff of 210. Oh, man. 28 bartenders were hired, seven of which were women. And upon opening every single day, someone got fired. Oh, geez. It was very wow. competitive. Like, But you would, you would put on your uniform, take the elevator up to the penthouse, and then someone would get called to HR. Oh, yeah. It's a tough place to work, I know, because I've spent a lot of time at Soho House in New York. Oh, I, I love I, it. I don't, I don't know West Hollywood, but the, mm. the one, I did quite a few events at Soho House New York, so I know love I know it. the atmosphere. I know how yes. difficult it is for servers and bartenders. And you, well, you it was became... Well, fear-based motivation. But you became head bartender. I did. Yes. I did. Yeah. That's amazing. Is that a big deal? It, I mean... Yes, it's a big it deal. I mean, I had been there long enough. I had earned my spot. Yeah. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> People knew it's, who it's I was. It's a huge deal. And if anyone can get to that level at Soho House, it's a very big deal. But I thought your friend was going to say, since you're a bartender, you might as well get into acting. Oh. Well, <laughs> because I assume. It, I think it worked for me the other way around. Uh, when I first moved to LA, I did have an agent. I did a lot of commercial work. Really? I, Anything I, we could have seen you in? I did two Super Bowl commercials. Yes. Well, do you know you this guy? Dad's like, yes, I, I've seen them, oh, on, wait a seen second. them on YouTube. <laughs> you were in movies and TV shows. You were in uh, hard evidence. Please list out hard evidence. Podcast? Hard evidence? Prom Queen? That might have been like a student film. Fab Life, and Fab please oh, use was, this. Was, um, oh, that was when that was once I was working at Soho House. I did. Um, um, Chrissy Teigen was doing the Fab Life with Chrissy Teigen. It was a morning show, and mm -hmm. I did a yeah. cocktail demonstration. I think it was for the Super Bowl. It was either the Super mm. Bowl or yeah, it was the Super Bowl or Mother's Day. I did cocktails themed for one of those. And we can't morning. forget. Please use this song. Oh, that right. is, what is that? a cultural phenomenon. So when yes. all of those, um, oh, well. It's a cult film, was, isn't it? Oh, please. Oh, I thought you were talking about, as people say to bartenders, that was the cultural phenomenon. Um, John Lejoie is a internet parody. Hmm. In addition to being an actor, he does a lot of music. And um, he did a parody song, please use this song, about all different typical type commercials. Oh. I was the hair dye girl. Okay, I see it. <laughs> I see it. It's, it's good. Oh, that's funny. Any what, what other things, Dad, are on the resume? Yeah, it's like this is your life. Fire away. Well, I, I think I've, <laughs> I think I've just about exhausted the list here. But <laughs> thank God. Bar, but, bar, Wait, but it all it all it all culminates with Bar Rescue. I mean, okay. it all comes together with it Bar does. Rescue. So you started, did you start Bar Rescue when you were still at Soho House? 
Yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Um, I, I started in 2013. My first episode was in Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. I, I do remember this somewhat funny story. I don't know if you guys will find this interesting, but um, they tried to book me for, for my first episode and um, they called and said they wanted to book me. And I said, I, I can't, I'm not available this week. I, I'm working. It was, it was events week and I was working all the Oscars parties for Soho house. And oh, I was wow. like, my boss was like, you can't leave. Yeah. You have to be here. You and I feel like, I know this is a great opportunity, but no, you have to be here. So I had to tell them no. And they were very upset about that. And I was like, no, I actually have, like, I have to work. I have to work. So, but they ended up bringing me in on an episode in, in Las Vegas and, that was quite the experience. You never forget your first one, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Oh, man. Um, and here we are, like, all the, it's 2021, and I'm still doing it. It's, this wow. is, it's amazing. It's an amazing tenure, I have to say. Um, what are, are, are there any sort of um, standout experiences? Oh, there's um, so many. There's so many, I'm sure. Um, and I know, you know, for those of you, you've probably seen episodes and, you know, there's the unruly customers. Mm-hmm. There's the drunk bartenders, drunk bar, the lackadaisical owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it I, seems to be a theme. I have found some terrifying things behind bars. And here's the thing. The show is 100% not scripted. Everyone always says that. They say reality is fake. Everything yeah. is directed. No, no one has ever told me what to say. No one has ever told me what to do. They have told me where to hit my mark, where to stand. But this is all was it. in the moment. So, that's interesting. So there's never a point where anyone is like, okay, now you're going to move on to this no. particular aspect. We shoot. Of- all day for four days there is so much content and it's so so interesting when an episode comes out because i'm always fascinated to see what makes it into the cut and what uh, quite frankly what doesn't because so many big things happen and we're like how did they not use that right (laughs) Uh, but we're constantly shooting so much content everything is documented and then they edit it brilliantly into a cohesive episode and, and if you hear background noise, it's because we are literally in a working bar, Lost Property Bar in Hollywood. Hollywood and Vine. Hollywood and Vine. Uh, super excited to be here. So, you know, there may be some working bar, bar stuff it's happening. Just bar noise. Just They're bar setting noise. up for service. It's just noise. Um, so, but uh, do you, but I, my question was, do you do an entire episode in one day? We do an entire episode in four days. Four days. So we're t- it's technically, well, I yeah. Think. So when we, when we, finish stress test i think that's how it goes we do recon night one stress test night two uh they hand over the keys to the art department we now do training at an off location bar the the art department actually has like 36 hours to completely renovate the bar yeah um and then we go in to do relaunch night four right so it does take a long time it takes as long as it appears on television on the episode I mean, they do time lapse of of the the bar being re yeah. just deconstructed. I mean, I've been there for. They've given me a sledgehammer before and said, "Want to knock out a wall with us?" Just yeah. because it's fun. And that sometimes is... I'm hanging around and like, "Can Sounds... I play too?" Wow, um, it's completely safe. I'm always in closed toed shoes, and I'm literally there for like five minutes, <laughs> just in case I just people like to are participate. I don't know. Some people you know, are really weird and nitpicky, but yeah, um, no, close, everything is closed totally toed shoes. Safe. But I've I've relaunched bars where the paint is actually still drying. Like, don't lean up against that wall. It's still, like, down to the wire. And um, and it has to pass inspection, as you, oh, like. Oh, right. Yeah. So how do they, well, those appointments usually take 
like a long time. But they, or know, they, that get, they know that they're relaunching they, a, a property, so they schedule it in advance. So it's scheduled know? in advance. Uh, but so it ha- it, like, has it ever not passed inspection? No, because it's all brand, like it's all brand, it's all brand new, yeah. but it has to be up to code in whatever yeah. city we're in. And, right. you know. Dad, what did you what did you want to say? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> but there was a question, no. a question that's been plaguing me since the beginning of this interview. It's been plaguing you? Yes, it's a question I've been wanting to ask for a long time. Are you, and I'm sure other people ask you this question, especially people of a certain age, like my age. Where are we going with this? Are, are you related to Marcello Mastroianni? I actually am. How many people are there with the name Mastroianni? I know. Not very many. At a family Thanksgiving, all of the aunts and uncles decided to like break out the who was related to who. And my grandfather had come over from Calabria and they traced that back. And I think they discovered that we were 13th cousins. Like, you know how there's like the really long lineage. Now, my Italian family, I know like first cousins, second cousins. I think I know some sixth cousins, like very, you know, but 13th, that's where cousin Marcello was. Wow. Well, I thought you were going to say he showed up one Thanksgiving for dinner. He was was gone before I was here. (laughs) I'm sorry. Can you guys, can you guys tell me who Marcello was? Um, He was a rather famous Italian actor. Okay. And if you go while you're here, if you get the chance to go to the Hollywood theater, he, his handprints and his signature are in the concrete. Oh, okay. It was one of the first places I went as a tourist. I had to go put my hands in his hands. Of course he's on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Of course Mm. he is. Of course. Mm. Yeah. That's some Everybody uh, knows Marcello Mastroianni. Fun fun facts. Yes. Thank you, Leo. Well, there's always an interesting um, part in um, in Bar Rescue where you're in a vehicle. Yes. And you're like, what is that? That What is that called? We is- refer to that as recon. Recon, right. And you're yes, just when you're there. You've bugged the restaurant and you're listening to their conversations and John mm-hmm. Taffer walks in and sits well, down so as a customer. we sit in the car with him prior to him going in. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And And... Is this a not? It's not anonymously bugged in there. They know that there are. They they are aware that there are cameras. Yes. Um, the thing is, the cameras are installed so much in like, a, a, you know, we don't know what time we're gonna do recon and walk into the bar. So they've right. been there, but they don't and know when long you're enough. So in. when people install cameras, like everyone, everyone, if if we put a camera over there now, other than the ones that we know that are here, camera there, we'd start acting there, kind of strangely yeah. or playing to camera. The thing is, they right. spend the whole afternoon setting up their bar and setting up for service because it is a real-time service with yeah. actual patrons who are getting food and right. beverage and paying actual money. It's, right. it's a real-time yeah. observation, live, in-the-moment observation of service. So by the time you do the recon, they're, they're una- they don't remember. Well, yeah. by the time the cameras actually yeah. are turned on and start filming, they forget that they're there. Right. Yeah. So that's when the bad behavior starts because that's yes. that's how they normally behave. What's some of the what's some of the baddest behavior you've seen? Uh, there have been highly intoxicated bartenders. Um, there have just been yes. wildly inappropriate and gratuitous behavior of a sexual nature that it just is very uncomfortable. There's been a lot of misogyny, um, a lot of 
a lot of hostile work, work environments, toxic work environments. Um, I mean, people don't realize family, that... family run businesses have a lot of tension. It is really hard to be in business with parents, yep. generations. Yeah. Yes. Um, the family stuff is always hard hitting and spouses. It can break oh, up a geez. marriage. It's we've really seen kind of everything. And yeah. it is really fascinating to have the opportunity to to go into a bar and it, it's the most difficult part of working on the show is to to go into a bar and step behind it while people are in the middle of service and and tell them that they're not doing a good job and right. that their standards are very low and they should they're bad at their job. It's a very difficult position to be in. And and you know there are a lot of I'm sure most of the bartenders that you've encountered are of the jaded sort. Some are. Yeah. I I would like to think that I tend to win them over once they understand that I have some credibility yeah. and can actually teach and train them. I forget which city it was, but there was one bar we went to, and one woman hated me. Hate the entire week, just daggers. Da hated me. My God. I and it's like, wait, she what, had it what, out. what can you do? Like I'm here to teach you and train you. And critique you and make you better. Right. And she just did not want me there. You did not. So by the end, did you win her over? Or no, 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 not at all. Nope. That was that, and that, that was the was one it. time she stands out in my mind, and that was the one time that, wow. like, even if they don't, they don't have to be my best friends. I just have to make them better at their job, and that's yeah. the thing. At, when I do the off-camera training, which is actually my favorite part. Um, we do it in a ballroom. I teach them with water bottles because we don't have all. So the... off-camera training is not. On, it is not the behind show. the bar. It's not no, it shown not in the show. It is like that is where we do actual hours of bar basic one hundred and one. This is this is that's uh, great teaching four counts. This is a yeah. Strainer. I didn't know this that. This is a spoon. This is how we use it. This is why we use it. This is what it does. It is breaking down elemental fundamentals yeah. of the bar tools and bartending and the you know, building a cocktail, cocktail recipes. Mm -hmm. And we touch on the classics and why we do what yeah. we do and acidity versus sweetness and introducing bitters and flavors and how flavors work together. And that's unfortunately the stuff that, you know, we do off camera. It would be cool if some of that was on camera. It, no, or it would, but it's actually, those are the, the times that, you know, they can come in their comfy clothes and not, not be worried about the kid. We want a comfortable uh, environment yeah, yeah, yeah. for them to learn. Sure. Um, and that's where they make mistakes and spill things on the floor and it can get a little messy, but yeah. it's also really fun. And that's a great opportunity because I love, I love doing bar training. But aside from bar rescue stuff, you also, you're a consultant, you're a, a bar consultant I and do. you take on projects and I do. You, you travel. I do. I do a lot of travel. I work yeah. with a lot of different brands. Um, it's so strange that bartending has, has given me the opportunity to see the world through bartending competitions and sponsored opportunities and job offers with brands. I have been to Ireland, Germany, Ooh. Italy, Japan, St. Martin, um, Mexico many times. I am globally traveling yeah. as a bartender. Yeah. It's mm. it's amazing stuff. Sure. So all you parents say, I don't want my kid to be a bartender. <laughs> Encourage it. It is a legit job. Encourage it. Dad, you, you traveled quite a bit too. Where have you been, sir? Oh, I've been all over the world, but the only area that I haven't covered properly and that I'm really anxious to go back to is Asia. But all the other continents I have hit, well, Really? Do you Antarctica. have a favorite? You know, I just, well, I have a soft spot for France because my Jonathan's mother is from France and oh. that's where we met. And that's how yes. I got into the wine 
industry and eventually oh. into the spirits and cocktail industry. It's all because I decided to go to France as a student. That's true. So, I would not be here had that not happened. Had you not been That's to right. France. That's right. And but but I, so I just love so many other parts. I love Italy. I love France, all of Europe. Um, I love South, love South America. Argentina and Chile are two of my favorite places. Let, yep. Let's go on a trip together. Yes, please. We yes. should. Because a bartender's tour. A bartender's we'll, tour. We'll take this no- podcast on the road. Let's take it on yes, the let's road, Yes, let's do it. Man. Let's do it. Let's I mean, you've it. already flown to Los Angeles to do this. It, it's true. It's true. We'll take it on the road. We'll have all of our guests be in different parts of the world. We have talked about that, Dad, actually. Yes. I'd love to go back to Oaxaca with Mia. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That would be That's great. That's what I would love. We could do some well, great bartending cocktail development in Oaxaca. Well, We'll do, some trip, we'll do yeah, some trip. We'll do some trip planning. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. And um, right. this has been this has been amazing being here live in Los Angeles, Hollywood, Hollywood and Vine, <laughs> like the most important um, intersection of anything. Truly. Uh, and at Lost Property Bar, and thank you to them for having us, Dad. You are looking mighty fine, uh, if I do say so well, myself. Thank you, John. You have quite a bit behind you. Always have quite a bit behind you showcasing. Um, I do showcasing our our industry, our industry, and speaking of our industry, and Mia with the roses just behind. Uh, me. <laughs> yes, thank you. This is for well, you, Mia. Mia, yes. Mia, it is so great to see you. It's so fantastic to see you and, and to be able to chat. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on. Our thank podcast. you for bringing me on. Uh, I I feel like I don't want it to be over. <laughs> I, I know it's like. Boom, boom, I boom, want boom, to keep boom, going sweet. too. I, we I'm can do come this all night long. With you, uh, over, you know, well, you'll be in Massachusetts. Yeah, when I'm in Massachusetts next, I'll come and we'll we'll do this in person. Give us we a call. definitely have okay. to get together. I want to see you, Mia. In Absolutely. <laughs> okay. This is well, very thanks. frustrating to see you <laughs> over over the internet. <laughs> I know, I know, and we're we're all used to that over the past two years. We yes. are. Yes. Um, it's time time for a change. Yes. Time for a get together. And uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Good yes, to see thank you. you very much, Mia. It was wonderful having you as a guest. Thank you. Thanks, Mia. And um, Dad, thank you. And uh, you are awesome too, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel okay. the same about you, John, and Mia. Okay. Thank you Aww. both very much. Well, thanks. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Abiento. Thanks, everyone. Abiento. Cheers. Cheers. That does it for today's show. To learn more about future guests, visit thecocktailguru.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The Cocktail Guru Podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever fine podcasts can be heard. 